9, verse 23. And Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. Father, thank you for this word and this story and the faithfulness of a father for his son seeking help in whatever way he can and and his honesty here, Lord, that has down through the generations been uh, experienced by us all. We know this. We know this this word. We know this, uh, this, this concept, this struggle. And we just pray, Father, that you might uh, open our hearts and our eyes to what you want to do and the faith that you want to em- empower us for these days. In Jesus' name, amen. Be seated, please. Lori and I had a couple of, of interesting days this past week. Um, we were wrestling with the decision, and um, we've told you before that sometimes our decision-making is difficult. We, we can spend 45 minutes to an hour just trying to decide what to eat or where to eat. And uh, I've said before that when we're leaving town to go to San Antonio, we start our conversation as we're leaving town where we'll eat because we know that it'll take that long to actually decide. So <laughs> there's just so many choices and uh, I want to please her. She wants to please me. And that's, that's part of the, part of the thing. We don't like the same foods, right? Asparagus. Yeah, that's my problem. Anyway, <laughs> so we had a couple of interesting days this past week and we were wrestling with this decision we were going back and forth with it. We talked about it when we got up in the morning. We talked about it throughout the day. We talked about it when we got into bed at night. We kept going back and forth and back and forth. Yes, no, no, yes, maybe, no way. I believe, I don't believe, back and forth. And we really never argued about it, but this discussion got kind of serious. It came to a head, head one morning. And at this point, Lori came up to me and looked me in my eyes with tears in hers. And she said some things to me that shook me. It really shook me. And I have to admit, it was kind of a wake-up call. Uh, call me woke this morning, but not in the, not current, not in the current meaning of that, please. Uh, um, not that meaning. But, but, I, but it did wake me. And I realized that in some ways I had, I had drifted. It had been a, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever found yourself there where suddenly you, you're aware that you're not where you should be or where you ought to be or where you thought you were. And it was imperceptible that you were drifting away, but then all of a sudden, you know, you're there and you think, how did I get here? I, I remember Jack Hayford said many, many years ago, I saw this in a, in a book he wrote, that whenever, we, that whenever we think we're standing still, there's an imperceptible motion backwards, you know? There's an imperceptible motion backwards. We think, okay, I'm, I'm staying here, and 
we don't realize that little by little we're, we're going backwards. And uh, I realized that I had, I had less confidence and I was unsure about things that I had been sure of in my past. And so after that brief exchange, we actually did make a firm decision. One of the things that I appreciate, have always appreciated about the Bible is its raw honesty. I, I, we, we don't just get to know the characters of, of the Bible at their best. We, we, we get to see their weaknesses and their flaws. God doesn't I mean, God seems to have his favorites in the Bible. After all, he did call David a man after his own heart. And, we, and Moses was called, or was it Abraham, the friend of God. And, and we find these characters where God says something about them that we know. But God still lets us see their warts and all. He lets us see those kinds of things. David and his adultery, Noah and his drunkenness. And Abraham and his doubts, Abraham the father of faith, and we find him doubting here and there. And yet all of these that had these flaws and these weaknesses were then commended for their faith in Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, Noah. By faith, Abraham. And we get to see the end result. In some ways, we're not always at our, well, I say in some ways, in many ways, we're not always at our best and it's comforting to know that these who have had their flaws and their weaknesses, that they are commended for their faith. And that's encouraging to me because I am not always at my best. And I find that sometimes there, there are these, these, these things in my life, these weak, weak areas and these flaws. And I believe we're allowed to see these things in the characters of the Bible that because we share that same flawed condition that they have. And it can give us hope that we ourselves, even though we might fail and even though we might be weak in a, in a certain area, that it's not over, that God's not done. And one of the most honest admissions in the Bible is this Father's confession that you have here on the screen. He said, I believe, help my unbelief. I've, I've always, you know... These words have been important to me through my decades of, of Christianity because I've used these words as my own words from time to time. I'm glad they're in the Bible because that has been my own prayer from time to time. I get this. And I don't know how many times I've used these words, but I, I get it. Now, don't get me wrong. That first part of that, I believe, I, I've experienced faith in, a, in an extreme level, I've experienced faith to the point where I have seen people healed according to my faith, not just according to their faith. I've seen miracles as a result of my faith. And I have very, very strong faith when it comes to God and His existence and His salvation promises. Let me explain. I've talked about this before, but when it comes to great faith, every believer here has some measure of great faith. I want you to think about this for a moment. We have faith in a powerful being named God. Okay, If you're here this morning and you're a believer, you have faith in a powerful being named God, a God that you've never seen, you've never laid eyes on Him, a God that you've never heard audibly. You might hear Him in, your, in the still, small voice of your heart. 
but you've never heard him audibly. You've never been physically touched by this God. And yet we put our trust in this invisible being called God to give us eternal salvation. To, we, we devote our entire life to him. We, we set our life on a course of following God and not being a hedonist, not, not living uh, in the world and, and doing all the things that the world does. We, we, we allow ourselves to have a life of purpose for this God because we believe so strongly in him, even though we've never seen him, heard him, or had been touched by him. And, and to me, that we make lifelong decisions based on our faith in him. That takes a great amount of faith. I mean, seriously, you're here this morning because you have made that decision to believe in this invisible person and you, you stake your eternal salvation, your eternal hope for heaven on that individual. And that takes, in my opinion, a great amount of faith. So why is it that we struggle with believing him to take care of us financially? You know, it, it, it seems to me that if you have that kind of amazing, incredible faith that the little things of life, finances, health, your kids, and those kinds of things should come easy because we've done the hard part. Our, our belief system almost seems to be selective. I don't believe in everything that I see or hear or read, but I believe in some things. And I believe in some things enough to trust them. Why is that? Why when I read this thing, I don't believe it, and when I read this thing, I do? So our, our belief system sometimes seems to be selective. I don't, I don't know why I do that, and, and I don't, uh, you know, some things I believe in, some others I don't, I don't, I'm not sure why. But when it comes to God, when it comes to, when it, it, when it comes to God and His activity, I find for me, it's very easy to have faith for those far-reaching global events. And let me explain what I'm saying here. I have, have much more faith for those things than I do uh, for those bigger things than my small world that I live in. Let me explain what I'm saying. I believe with every, every fiber of my being that the, that the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. I believe that. Why? Because... My Bible tells me that. And so when I read that, I believe one day the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth as the waters covers the sea, because it says that in a couple of places, in Numbers, I think, and then later on in one of the, one of the prophets. The Bible says that's going to happen. I believe that. I have faith for that. It's the far-off things, the, the eschatological, the far-off in the future kinds of things that I have the easiest time embracing and having faith for. It's the now things that I struggle with. It's the, you know, for instance, thy kingdom come on earth, no problem. Have no problem having faith for that. One day, God's kingdom's going to come, come on earth. Give me this daily bread? Eh, maybe. Nations will be saved in a day. The Bible says nations will be saved in a day. No problem. Will I have enough money tomorrow? I don't know. Kind of makes me nervous. You see? The glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth, as I said. Of course it will. 
Will my children serve the Lord? I hope so. The Bible says our neighbors will come to know the Lord. That's a no-brainer. I believe that with all my heart. Will God heal my disease? Please, God, I hope. You see what I'm saying? Those big things, those big, far-reaching, global, future things are very easy for me to believe. I believe them so much so that I teach them. When I go to Spain, I teach all this stuff, strong in faith and all these things, and then I get home and wonder if God's going to take care of me. It seems that this, this has always been a struggle with God's people. It was for Israel. I think the next uh, series of slides will be about four or five slides, one right after the other. Here's what it says in Psalm chapter 78. In the sight of their fathers, God performed wonders in the land of Egypt. He divided the sea and let them pass through it and made the waters stand like a heap. In the daytime, he led them with a cloud and all the night with a fiery light. He split rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink abundantly as from the deep. He made streams come out of the rock and cause waters to flow down like rivers. Yet, they spoke against God saying, can God spread a table in the wilderness? I've, I've thought about this, about this so many times in my Christian life. Israel, I mean, you, you watched God take a sea and split it in two and you walked across on dry land. You saw the, the waters as heaps on either side of you as you walked through. I can't imagine walking by and seeing just water. It's almost like a, an aquarium kind of effect. They probably saw fish, you know, swimming around in this thing. And they get across, and as soon as they get across, and Egypt comes, the Egyptian army comes, God slaps it shut. And they watch that. And they watch God, they watch Moses hit a rock, and water start gushing out of it. And then they say, yeah, but that's pretty good, but can God feed us? Can God feed us over here? We might want to go back to Egypt because we were at least fed over there. You see, they saw these incredible miracles and yet then wondered, can God feed us? God, I know you can do all the big stuff. But what about me and what about now and what about my tomorrow? And it's almost as though God is only as good as his last miracle. Remember they used to say, they say that about football teams, you're only as good as your last when, you know, what have you done for us lately, God? Faith seems more elusive when it gets personal, when our need is immediate. Then we struggle with faith. Even Abraham, the father of faith, as I said, doubted and slept with Hagar. Egypt, excuse me, Elijah faces off Ahab in, in great faith and then he runs from Jezebel in doubt. Faces 450 prophets of, of Ahab in great, great faith. And then one woman says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you, and he, he runs. He takes off. John the Baptist introduces Jesus as the Lamb of God who will take away the sins of the world. And then later on when he's in prison, he sends his disciples to ask Jesus, are you really the one? I believe, help my unbelief. That's John the Baptist. 
points Jesus out, touches him, baptizes him, says this is the one. Then when he's in prison, when it gets very personal, he says, he sends his disciples, go make sure he's really the one. Wow. And then we have this honest prayer of, of the father that we started with. It's a story It's a story about a distraught father, a desperate father who sought out Jesus concerning his epileptic son. His boy has had seizures since childhood and he's possessed by a spirit that's trying to destroy him. And sometimes the the spirit, the demons are throwing him into the fire, sometimes into water to drown him. And his dad is beside himself, so he seeks out Jesus. He hears about Jesus and he cries out to him from a crowd of people. And here it is in the book of Mark chapter 9 verse 17 and someone from the crowd answered him teacher i brought my son to you for he has a spirit that makes him mute and whenever it seizes him it throws him down and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid so i asked your disciples to cast it out and they were not able and when he answered them and they brought the boy to him and when the spirit saw him immediately convulsed the boy And he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help. Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe. I do believe, but I don't believe. I do believe, but I don't believe. I get this. I was reading this story yesterday, reminding myself of this story, and I remember a daughter who was having seizures, and Lori and I were distraught, and we didn't know what to do. And do we believe in God? Absolutely, we believe in God. But will God heal our daughter? We don't know. And we went back and forth with that. I believe, help my unbelief. Through the ages, Christians have identified with this honest cry from a desperate heart. We've all been there. We know this internal struggle. I believe, but I have my doubts. I believe, but I'm second guessing. I believe, but I'm scared. I believe, but I don't know. I believe, but maybe it's not God's will. I believe, but maybe I'm not worthy. And we all believe, don't we? We all believe. We wouldn't be here. Just like this father, we can say, I believe. I believe God is real. I believe Jesus is God's son. I believe he's my savior. I believe he is all powerful. I believe he can do anything, but this is my son we're talking about. Then it gets real. I've spent my whole life watching over him, pulling him, pulling him out of the water, pulling him out of fire, going to the doctors, praying over him, agonizing over him, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. I've done everything a father can do. I don't know what else to do. I'm helpless. I believe. I believe everything I'm supposed to believe but I'm having a little bit of trouble with this one. God, help me. Help my unbelief. 
He had to have believed in some measure of Jesus' power or he wouldn't have sought him out. He wouldn't have brought his son to Jesus. He wouldn't have called out to Jesus. And as I said already, we all believe in some measure or we wouldn't even be here this morning. We all know the importance of faith in the Christian life. Faith is an essential part of our Christian walk. The Bible says we are to walk by faith. We are to live by faith. The Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God. We are even commanded to have faith. So faith is crucial to the normal Christian life. But do here's the question. Do I have faith to move mountains? Do I have faith for my healing? Do I have faith for my finances? Do I have faith for my future? Do I have faith for the, this country's future? Do I have faith for my children and my grandchildren? Do I have faith to sustain me in uncertain times? I, I decided this morning that this message, I'm just going to lay out the problem. Ron is going to give us a solution next week. <laughs> I'm picking on you, Ron. No, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do my best. I'm laying, out the, I'm laying out the problem. There are so many levels of faith that the Bible addresses, but the one that's most important to us on a daily basis is what the Bible calls living by faith or walking by faith. What is faith? How do we get faith? How do we keep it? How do we hold on to it during difficult times? I've seen too many heads nod. I know that many of you are facing things right now that you need faith for. I know that. I knew that as I was writing my notes. I knew that I was going to say this, but, I, but I've seen too many heads shaking that I already know. It's con a confirmation that I know that you're, you're facing something you need faith for. And maybe you've been wavering back and forth between faith and unbelief. Some days you feel strong in faith. You get up and you feel strong in faith. And by the end of the day, maybe you feel like giving up. That's what this father is saying. I have believed before, after all, I'm here, aren't I? But it gets hard when I see my boy in this condition. It gets hard when the promises of God seem to linger. It gets hard when time seems to be running out. That's when the doubts assault me. That's when I'm unsure and don't know what to do. Years ago, I said something in a message and I, I, I borrowed, I stole that line from a message I preached many, many years ago as my title this morning. It wasn't the title of that message many years ago. But I was talking about, I think it's in Timothy where it talks about the fight of faith. And I, I remember saying this many years ago, that it's not for us, for a lot of us, it's not so much the fight of faith, but the fight for faith. In other words, I believe that you can fight with faith. But you have to lay hold of faith, and that's often where the struggle lies. You have to have the faith to have the fight of faith. So first of all, you have to get faith. You have to fight for faith. So I'm asking, may God help our unbelief as we open His Word and open our heart to our need. Amen? Amen. All right.